Hello and welcome back to Modern Animism, a very convoluted guide. This is podcast 18 of an unlimited series and I'm your podcast host Sarah Jane. This round of podcasts have been on altering consciousness. This session shan't be an exception. We'll look back at alternative reality and transcendental ecstasy and the like. But let's explain a few of the different theories of consciousness and how they relate to animism. Hopefully looking at these will help you understand what flavour of modern animist you might belong to and what skill sets might suit you best. I've written and rewritten this podcast over and over, partially because I kept throwing new things in and partially because I've received a bit of feedback or rather I've been discussing the concept of alternate reality and consciousness and it's led me back to look back at our alternate realities and the information that I threw back earlier. So in a change, the advertised program, let's talk about consciousness and reality in general. And hopefully next week we can look at journey and trance work. So let's start by talking again about alternate universes. And I'm sorry if you're bored of this and you wanted to hear about trance work. Let's say that we presume that transcendental ecstasy to undergo trance work or to do journeying or any kind of soul retrieval helps us escape from our material existence that we would get to see an alternate reality or even the space in between through, through any of these activities but according to what I've already discussed in the scientific theories the answer is probably no all aspects of our experience promote a consciousness-based experience of living in this universe. And we spoke about this way back. How many of our experiences are faked in our mind in a process known as confabulation, where we look back and remember events in a sequential form and and the brain infills gaps this creates a narrative that then feeds our sense of purpose so even if we could escape from reality through trance work our minds would block out those events in favor of creating a narrative and a sense of purpose however there must be an evolutionary reason why we can enter into trance states other than the purpose of leaving our sense of self behind. It must be something essential for the purposes of survival of the species or imparting knowledge to our children or something. Now all of the theories we've been discussing so far over the last 18 weeks have been based upon biocentrism or denying biocentrism. Um, I want to look at the alternate concepts in the view of reality, biocentrism teaches us that we're not just a physical object, but instead we are a consciousness. So our consciousness can exist in many different states and places in alternate worlds. We transcend our body. We have a physicality, but that is second to our consciousness. But somehow this sort of denies part of what we believe in animism about the intellect and about all species being equal because we know that not all species have intelligence. 
Um, not all species have consciousness. And alternately, it also speaks about consciousness in transcending realities. But the notion of everything we've learnt so far is based upon altruism theory. That the universe exists for us. They exist because we observe it. Exists in a symbiotic relationship with our physical self. We create physical reality by having experiences. And all that is based upon the theory of the mathematical universe and probability theory. Biocentrism has told us that biology is the reason why the universe exists. And it's related to the concept that only by observing and interacting with the universe can it become real. But everything we know about biocentrism is based in favour of human intervention as being a key component part of the universe. Which I recall was the reason why it's so frequently rejected as a theory, and especially altruism theory is rejected. It appears to support the idea um, God makes the universe for humans to enjoy. This all biased in favour of consciousness. It presupposes that species have a lesser ability to perceive, have a lesser part to play. But enough of that argument. And the discussion I was having with my friend was about the paradox of the mathematical universe, which tells us that humans exist in alternate parallel worlds. The materials that we are comprised of transcend space and time and can be instantaneously living in multiple separate realities. And that's all been based upon probability theory, which goes back a long way, you know, back to the 1930s and that. It's where all probabilities occur, but in different places. So here I'm Sarah Jane, I'm personality one in place A. But there's another personality that I have that exists in place B. It's made the opposing decisions. But my brain's jumping between those two. But confabulation makes me see that both versions of myself, or the multiple versions of myself, actually live sequentially. But my friend believes that if our subatomic particles can be in multiple places simultaneously, why are we even talking about alternate realities? How do we know that we aren't everywhere? If our parts transcend time, what's to say that we can't become a rabbit half an hour ago? Leonardo DiCaprio during this wedding. As our energy moves through different things. Potentially we could be anyone at every time. Or at least our smallest parts could be. Because on a subatomic level, all our pieces are in every part of the universe at every moment. These bodies that hold consciousnesses hold millions of pieces of energy from other people and they're all passing through our bodies in every single second. Our bodies hold a narrative to make this body's experience appear to be linear. And if we escape from our consciousness right now, is it true that we would be everywhere in all matter and all places of time? Therefore, that would presume that when we did our trance work, our minds would be very busy. We might not get be able to even focus on or understand what we were seeing. 
but implied that it's just our consciousness that holds its body's experiences together. And a sequential series of events maintains this illusion of identity and it's the belief that we have any sense of self is just a fallacy but I suppose now argued that the answer to his question of whether we could just move between alternate worlds or exist in everything all of this is based upon altruism theory and we're taught that this planet only exists if it's observed, so we have to see it to make it real. Because it's being observed, it exists in a manner that's useful for us. And this is based upon mathematical theory. Um, the universe has certain mathematical formulas that are useful to us. And these are all offshoots of probability theory, Schrodinger's theory, whereby matter behaves differently when observed versus when it's left unobserved. So the problem that I was facing when I was looking at these two different beliefs is similar to the discussion I was having about the forms of animism that I spoke of in podcast 15. Perhaps we can't change between forms, but we can change between places, different places in the universe as humans, because we need to be conscious in order to observe matter, in order for the altruistic universe theory to happen. If we existed everywhere, that probability theory wouldn't hold. Perhaps we can't swap out to animal species because although our subatomic particles can exist everywhere they're all still conjoined electromagnetically through string theory so although we can jump everywhere there's sort of still some kind of unity between our parts but I think the reason why I think that we can't swap out to become everything is because of probability theory such as in the sliding doors movie in one reality you run for the train in the other reality you wait for the next one um, I feel that there is some kind of convergence where the decision making will come to a point of conclusion points where all universes have the same problem cannot keep separating out there's always going to be some sort of unity between the universes and that kind of unity I think could explain psychic phenomenon things that we perceive may be about to happen could be happening because we've actually seen them within alternate realities within other universes or other selves have had that same experience that's why we're ex that's why we're getting that sense of deja vu And you may ask why I had this discussion, why I'm talking about consciousness. But then I got to thinking that it might be your beliefs rather than observation that keeps us linked in the reality. And um, Schrodinger theory showed us that if we saw the cat or we didn't see the cat, two different things were happening. And um, whether we were observing or not observing. And maybe it's not the observation. Maybe it's your belief.
So if you believe that gravity keeps existing, it will keep existing. Rather than it being an observation that the apple will fall. Perhaps people who believe in parallel worlds, when they go to trance work, they find themselves experience other realities because they believe in other realities. Whereas the same activity undertaken by panpsychic animists who believe in spirit people and animal guides might do the same trance work but get a different effect because their belief is in animal spirits. So if your animism is based upon spirit energy that stretches across the universe, do you still believe that all things are equal? Such as those of us who are hylozoism animists. We find the trance work will lead you to sit with a great spirit energy, like a whole overriding heavy feel. But you wouldn't necessarily see spirits within it because that's not part of your belief or identity. Now I myself, I've practiced both transcendental ecstasy and spirit traveling and journeying. I do find I get better results from the former and maybe that is because I believe in alternate world theories. So maybe I'm more predisposed to that kind of thinking. But I hope I haven't confused you all too much because I've been batting this idea out for a couple of days. All these versions of alternate realities it reminds me of the meditation healing groups in which they teach you to move through different brainwave states. That we need to move our brainwave to a theta state in order to undergo healing and change. But these kind of healings where you have to attain certain mental states, they're very hierarchical and that's something we wanted to move away from. And um, that side of patriarchy type of belief that you get to a better place there is someone you go if you have better intellectual capacity an animist must remember that independently of where your consciousness reaches whether it's trance work or a world beyond all we're doing is using this process to let energy come into or inside us So whilst the two movements reflect differing skills, whether we go to alternate reality or the energy comes to us, maybe that skills depend upon how you, how you observe the universe, your objective and your morals. But you must also remember that what I was teaching you a couple of sessions ago is the, the act of sacrifice, that you gain more skills by undergoing trauma or having problems you gain better training now you get a better understanding and a better clarity and capacity to have alternate experiences and this whole podcast that, that i am running today you wanted me to tell you about the japanese shinto story in which the protagonist becomes invisible and then as she's invisible, she becomes forgotten by the people around herself until eventually she ceases to exist. 
because it's the ability to integrate ourselves that creates our reality. And maybe this doesn't just happen on a subatomic particle level. Maybe this is something that happens in an actual reality. That we need to be seen and to integrate with other people to be really real. And if we exist in multiple realities, it's not because different versions of ourselves have made different choices, but perhaps that the decision making was witnessed by another person. And it's their observation that stabilised us. But back to the matter at hand, whether we prefer trance or transcendental ecstasy or journeying. Um, I think the whole key to this matter lies back in that entrainment that I was talking about last week. This is the skill that creates our ability to have spiritual experiences. And I'll, I'm going to teach you now how you know if you've experienced entrainment. And you probably have experienced it in meditation groups and it feels a bit like a beat drop and the pressure in the room will drop um, a sort of change of the pitch inside your head and that change in the pitch is an indication of change in the brave wave states alpha, alpha to beta to theta states and this sort of change in pitch we can also associate it with hypnosis and altering one's consciousness. And this is why meditation is frequently utilised on healing retreats, even if you're in recovery. Because when you can change your consciousness, you can change your thoughts and actions of not only yourself, but the people you're with, so that you all rise together. So I guess what I'm teaching you today in this session is that the different traditions utilize different skills. As modern animists, we have no attachment to those past beliefs, so can't guarantee that any of the real skills I'm teaching will actually chime with any of us. We often practice alone, um, without the gift of entrainment, we've got no sort of community of animists around ourselves. And also we live in comparative comfort. We haven't had those healing crises so we can't expect ourselves to immediately on taking up journeying or transcendental ecstasy to have straight away that mind-numbing moment of clarity. And I want to say that it's not a competition that anywhere you get will be fine. My main closing thought tonight is about the podcast in general. And what I'm going to do is once the whole podcast becomes commercially viable and I start making money from it, then I'll upgrade and we'll get video podcasts and I'll be able to teach more of these techniques and hopefully actually physically show you how some of this stuff is done. Because as I just said before, that sometimes some have movement, some of them have dance work, some of them have breath work. I think these things are going to be better off videoed than actually spoken about. So I hope you'll keep holding on because I think that's not that's going to be a little while off yet still. And we'll include all those techniques at a later date where I think A, you'll know more about the subject, but also it'll be better to see them um, rather than just hear about them. And I thank you for listening and 
I will catch you again and I will do a session on journeying and I'm also planning to do one on dance trance work. So um, thank you. <laughs>